Well, happy Father's Day. Uh, dads, how many of you would say that when mom wasn't around, you did something like you saw in the video? Let me see your hands. And you can own it. It's Father's Day. Yeah, okay, you can put them down. Uh, moms, how many of you would say, I know my husband has done or would do something like that? Let me see your hand. Yeah, a lot of you. Wow. Okay, there we go. Well, since it is Father's Day, I thought it might be good just to start off with top five things you will never hear a dad say. Okay? So here we go. Number five is, I'm sorry, I don't know how to figure that out. Why don't you go next door, you know, the next door neighbor to help you? Dads just don't say that, do they? Okay. The next one, number four, here's the credit card and keys to the car. Go live a little. Have a great time. Don't look at price tags. Yeah, dads definitely don't say that either. Uh, Number three thing you will never hear a dad say. Why do you want to get a job? Live off me. Just stay at home and play video games. Sure, why not? Man, take life easy. And the number two thing you'll never hear um, a dad say, that friend of yours, uh, the one with the rebellious and disrespectful attitude, can you invite him over a little more often? Yeah, dads don't usually say that. And the number one thing you will never hear a dad say is this. Hey, sweetheart, why don't you go out with that boy down the street who has three speeding tickets in the last month? Yeah, dads don't say that, do they? Um, there was a Father's Day card out a few years ago. It came, became kind of popular that said something like this. Dad, everything I learned, I learned from you except one thing. And then you open up the card, and it says this. The car really will do 110. <laughs> yeah. That became a reality for me um, a number of years ago. I was at home one evening, and I got a phone call, and I didn't recognize the number. But for some reason, I decided to go ahead and answer the phone. So I did. And at the other end, a police officer identified himself and said, Are you Mr. Day? And if you're a dad and you get a call like that, you just get kind of weak-kneed at that point, right? You have no idea what he's about to tell you next. Well, he went on to say, uh, Mr. Day, I, I pulled your son over on State Road 46 for speeding. He was going over 90 miles per hour. Now, my son um, had been out that evening. He, he, at the time, he was playing football in high school. And the defense always met in one of the guy's houses one evening a week and would eat together. And he was coming home from that. I guess he's feeling pretty good about that. And he decided to um, just see how fast my little Ford Ranger would go on State Road 46. <laughs> well, the thing you got to say, this is a Ford Ranger. This is a four-cylinder. It's a small little truck. I mean, you go over 90 miles an hour in that thing, and you're taking your life in your hands, literally. Um, I actually think my re first response to the police officer there when he had called me was this. I didn't know that truck could go that fast. Yeah, because I, I really didn't. I didn't know that. So um, anyway, uh, we got to talk to a judge about that, and she gave my son a few hours of community service, and uh, I think I didn't let him drive for a little while after that as well. But uh, being a father can, can really be challenging, can't it? And uh, what we're going to do today, rather than talk to fathers, we're going to talk about fathers, because I want to tell you this morning how you can encourage your father. It's not easy being a dad. 
Um, it, it really isn't. And some dads have jobs that take them away from their families more than they would like them to. Uh, some guys have some regrets. They say, man, I wish I could have a do-over on that one. Uh, and, you know, with the redefining uh, gender roles, sometimes at least dad's uncertain as just exactly what their role is as a dad. Sometimes our attempts to teach moral values to our kids are questioned even, and uh, sometimes the way dads are portrayed maybe on TV or in movies um, makes it more of a challenge for dads. So yeah, it's just not easy. And honestly, sometimes the church can add to that. They can pile on a little bit. And we don't want to do that this morning. Did you hear about the little boy? He was walking out of church, and he walked up to the preacher, and he said, man, preacher, that was a good sermon today. My dad slumped way low on that one. Well, I'm committed to making sure this is not a slump low sermon for dads this morning, all right? Quite the opposite, we want to encourage you. And one reason is I'm a dad. Man, I wouldn't want to sit there and hear that if I was on church, especially on Father's Day. But, you know, I look back, there are some things I would do differently. If I could have some do-overs as a dad, I would like some. Um, I am far, far from a perfect dad. But you know what? It is Father's Day. So dads, sit back and relax this morning, okay? Um, you should eat what you want today. You should take a nap if you want. You should be treated like a king. If you want to drive the car 90-some mile an hour, you just go for it, okay? Just do not tell the cop that you were told that in church when you get pulled over, all right? So we're going to look at a story from the Bible um, about a dad who struggled to be a dad. He faced a lot of pressures as a dad. You may be familiar with him. His name is Jacob. His story is recorded in the book of Genesis. And if you've gone to church much, you may have heard the names Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, kind of in that order. They were three dads. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Guess what? Not a one of them was a perfect dad. They were all far from perfect. I'm sure they all wanted some do-overs. Things were difficult. Jacob seemed to have his share of struggles. In fact, his name became synonymous for a deceiver or a trickster because of something he did. He tricked his own dad. Let me tell you a little bit about the story, and then we'll read part of it. Um, Jacob had an older brother named Esau, and as I mentioned earlier, Isaac was their dad. Well, when Isaac was getting along in years, typically the dad would bless the children, and he would bless the oldest son, and the oldest son received a bigger and a better blessing. That's just the way things worked in those days. So when it was about time for him to give that blessing, what Jacob did, the younger son, was he actually tricked his father. He went into his father, disguised himself as the older brother Esau, so he could get the blessing from his dad. Isaac was just about blind. He couldn't hear and he tricked him, he deceived him. Let me just read to you what happened. This is from Genesis chapter 27 in the Bible. Esau's out hunting when Jacob does this. He returns home from hunting, and here's what we read. But Isaac asked him, who are you? Esau replied, it's your son, your firstborn, Esau. Isaac began to tremble uncontrollably and said, then who just served me wild game? I have already eaten it, and I blessed him just before you came in. And yes, that blessing must stand when Esau heard his father's words, he let out a loud and bitter cry. Oh, my father, what about me? Bless me too, he begged. But Isaac said, your brother, that's his younger brother Jacob, 
was here and he tricked me. He has taken away your blessing. Esau exclaimed, no wonder his name is Jacob, for now he has cheated me twice. Remember Esau, he's using a play on words with that name Jacob in Hebrew, and that name came to be known as a deceiver. Back to what we read. First he took my rights as the firstborn, and now he has stolen my blessing. Oh, haven't you saved even one blessing for me? Isaac said to Esau, I have made Jacob your master and declared that all your brothers will be his his servants. I have guaranteed him an abundance of grain and wine. What is left for me to give you, my son? Esau pleaded, but do you have only one blessing? Oh, my father, bless me too. Then Esau broke down and wept. Well, after this, Jacob the younger brother, actually had to run for his life because Esau wanted to kill him. And this altered the course of Jacob's life. And I really think Jacob lived with much regret the rest of his life because he felt like he had failed. Well, not only that, Jacob was actually a passive father. There are times you read where His sons needed guidance. They needed discipline. He was not there to provide it. Um, His boys actually did some pretty bad things. He didn't address it. He just let it happen. And and Jacob played favorites too. Joseph was one of his sons. He became a favorite. And he made absolutely no effort to hide that in front of the other boys. So it caused resentment among the siblings. Jacob was an imperfect father. All of us are. We aren't going to do everything right. I know many fathers feel like they failed in the past. Many fathers have regrets. Many dads feel like they don't measure up. You may not even know that about your husband or your father because we aren't very good at talking about this stuff. But the idea of trying to be a good father can be intimidating. Every dad, looking back, wishes he could have a do-over or do some things differently if he had the chance. Most of you know something about your dad that was or is imperfect. Maybe he was or is prejudiced, greedy, a heavy drinker, has a bad temper, wasn't around enough when you were growing up. It could be that your dad did something or said something that hurt you deeply. And to this day, when you think about it, it's still much closer to the surface than you would like it to be. Maybe, maybe your dad was unfaithful to your mom. And when you discovered that, it was so disillusioning to you. It, you were just shaken. And dads feel their past regrets and failures, whether they express them or not. So here's what you need to understand, first thing. Fathers feel pressure from the failures of their past. Forgive him. We have to be realistic. There is no such thing as a perfect father. The Bible says we've all sinned. We all fall short of God's standard. So forgive. The Bible tells us to forgive others because God has forgiven us. So extend some grace. It's not always easy. And I know some of you are from heartbreaking situations. But the bitterness is hurting you. Recently, I heard someone say, I can never forgive him for what he did. And I thought, then you will be imprisoned to your own bitterness as long as you live. 
Don't let someone else's wrongdoing control you. Forgive. However, having said that, you can choose not to repeat the offenses of your father. You can break the cycle. And you're not going to be perfect either, but you can learn from and determine to parent your kids differently. Many of you have stories about that, but I've watched Mike Morrow, who's on staff here, do that. He comes from a background where his dad just wasn't present. And if his dad was present, it was a bad situation because his father was an alcoholic and abusive. But Mike determined to break that cycle. And he did that. He's been a great dad. And perhaps your father was very loving, but he didn't teach you how to manage money well. Well, you can still get some counsel. You can learn to set up a budget. You can live to it. Then pass that along to your kids. Maybe your dad was a good provider, but he worked so much he really wasn't around at times when you needed him. And he missed some key times in your life. And, and that still hurts. Well, you can change that as you parent your kids. You don't have to be like your dad. You can learn from his mistakes. But you have to forgive him, extend some grace, and try to honor and love him in spite of his inadequacies. You know why? You may want that from your kids someday. Proverbs 19.11 says this, A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. Back to Jacob. Jacob felt pressure as well to provide for his family. God had blessed Jacob at one point in his life, and he actually became really rich. Listen to what Genesis 30, verse 43 says. As a result, Jacob became very wealthy with large flocks of sheep and goats, female and male servants, and many camels and donkeys. Now, we measure things today in money. Back then, they measured wealth and how many animals you had, how many you own. Put it this way, Jacob was loaded, okay? But then famine hit the land where he and his family lived. Jacob became desperate. He had a number of children and grandchildren. He had 66 people in his clan. So he sent his sons to another country, to Egypt, to buy some grain just so he could sustain his family. And fathers feel that pressure today, too. Most dads care very much about providing for their family. Now, I know there are some dads who leave their families to fend for themselves, but most dads want to create a feeling of security in their homes. A basic need of almost all men is to feel respected. It hurts our pride when we can't provide for our families with their needs, and even our families with some of their wants. So be supportive of your dad. Be thankful for what you do do have rather than focusing on what you don't have. So here's the second point. It's this. Fathers face the pressure of providing for you. Thank him. One of the best ways to help your dad is to be grateful. Don't be demanding. I need this. I want that. Be content with what you have. Don't keep asking for more. Keep your spending habits in check. Don't compare what your family has to other families who have more than you have. If your dad is well off financially, express gratitude to him. But if your father struggles to make ends meet, learn to be content with what you have. I heard of one dad who set aside $10 every week in an entertainment fund for the family. 
Mom stayed home, so finances were a little tight. But he wanted to do that, to set the money aside. So if they wanted to go out to a movie, they wanted to go to Dairy Queen, they could take money from that container. And when that money was gone, it was gone. It got replenished with another $10 the next week. And so they had to learn discipline. They had to learn to discipline their desires. After some time, the dad began to think about that. And so he said to his wife, you know, $10 really isn't very much. Maybe I ought to give more. I'd like our family to be able to do some nice things. And here's what mom said. She replied, no, I think we're doing fine. The kids are actually learning some valuable lessons. Things like discipline and sharing, how to live within your means, contentment. At the end of the year, the kids had a surprise for their dad. They had saved some of the money out of that entertainment jar so they could take their dad to a nice restaurant just to let their dad know they appreciated him. I heard of another dad who paved his driveway because it was gravel. The main reason he did it is because he had a son who loved basketball. So he wanted him to be able to dribble a basketball when he was shooting around at the goal. And the child was thrilled. But when it came time for the child's next birthday, here's what the son said to his dad. Dad, you spent a lot of money on that driveway, so you don't have to buy me a birthday present this year. The parents did anyway, but they found a lot more joy in doing that because their son was so appreciative. Families, help your dad out. Try not to focus on what your dad hasn't done or didn't do right. Be grateful for what he did do. And then tell him. You know, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 in the Bible says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to to Christ Jesus. Do you have clothes to wear? Do you have food to eat? The Bible says we should be content if we have those things only. Most of us have far more than that. Back to Jacob. Jacob's wife, Rachel, died giving birth to one of her children. Listen to how Jacob described it in Genesis 48, 7. Long ago, as I was returning, Rachel died in the land of Canaan. So with great sorrow, I buried her there beside the road to Ephrath. Jacob talks about having great sorrow. He was devastated. He was left to raise two of his boys, his younger two, Joseph and Benjamin, on his own. He was a single parent. Single parenting can be hard. And so... A third thing we need to realize is this. Some fathers face the pressure that comes from being a single parent. So support him. According to Catholic News Agency, only half the children today live with both married biological parents throughout their growing up years. It's tough on most dads to have to live away from their kids. Single parents, you know the challenges of trying to raise kids on your own. Parents don't want to be single parents. No one chooses it, but reality says it happens. So what can you do to make things better rather than worse? The golden rule for single parents should be to never belittle your former spouse, your child's parent, in front of them. Even if it's legitimate, 
It doesn't help the child, and it really makes it difficult for them. If you're a single parent, there's some practical things you can do to help dad out, or we could even say to help each other out. Um, many of those were cited in Single Parent Magazine. Things like have the children ready when it's time for visitation. Send appropriate clothing for planned activities if possible. You know, don't turn pickup and drop-off times into a forum for arguing. Understand that emergencies do happen sometimes and visitation times may have to change. Don't expect your children or don't allow your children to spy on the other parent. Accept the fact that the rules of the other house may be in effect when your children are in your house. Share things like school pictures, report cards, special events, homework. It's just all common sense stuff. The whole idea is to try to treat others, in this case, the other parent, the way you would want to be treated. Sure, you've probably been hurt by that other parent, but don't let that affect your kids. If you're a child of a divided family, let me encourage you to be supportive. Being angry, being uncooperative doesn't help anyone or anything. There are times to sacrifice your own selfish desires to maintain harmony. Do what you can to make dad's job easier. Many parents make sacrifices that as kids we don't ever know about. They don't do it begrudgingly. They do it because they love their kids. So focus on what they're trying to do right. Be appreciative for what your dad has done rather than focusing on what he did not do. Proverbs 17.9 in the Bible says this, Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. Here's one other pressure fathers face. It's this. Fathers face the pressure of trying to be a positive influence at home. So appreciate him. The greatest pressure that Jacob may have faced was trying to be a positive influence in his home, even though he was imperfect, even though he had many faults, he tried to steer his family in the right direction to guide them spiritually. When he was an old man and his sons were grown, Jacob called all 12 of his sons in together to bless them individually, and he went one by one. And we even read that he gave a blessing to two of his grandsons. Joseph was his son, and Joseph's two sons are his grandsons. We, we read about it in Genesis 48. Let me read to you part of what Jacob said to his two grandsons, Joseph's boys. Here's what he said. Jacob looked over at the two boys. Are those your two sons, he asked? Yes, Joseph told him. These are the sons God has given me here in Egypt. And Jacob said, bring them closer to me so I can bless them. Jacob was half blind because of his age and could hardly see. So Joseph brought the boys close to him, and Jacob kissed and embraced them. Then Jacob said to Joseph, I never thought I would see your face again, but now God has let me see your children too. Joseph moved the boys who were at their grandfather's knees, and he bowed with his face to the ground. Then he positioned the boys in front of Jacob. Then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my grandfather Abraham and my father Isaac walked, the God who has been the shepherd of all my life to this very day, the angel who has redeemed me from all harm, may he bless these two boys. May they preserve my name in the name of Abraham and Isaac, and may their descendants multiply greatly throughout the earth. Dads, 
feel the pressure of being a positive influence, a spiritual influence on their children. They worry about their kids. They worry about things like drugs and alcohol and guns in school and teenage pregnancy and suicide and their kids' futures. They want to impart values that will serve them well for the rest of their lives. But sometimes we don't do it well. Sometimes we don't know how. Sometimes we don't know how to express it well. Gary Smalley wrote a book a few years ago called The Blessing in which he encouraged fathers to pass along a spiritual blessing to their kids. And in that book, he gives five practical ways to do that. And dads, I want to share this with you this morning because perhaps this will be beneficial to you as well. The first one he calls meaningful touch. And, you know, this can change as they grow older, but things like a hug, a kiss, a touch on the arm, a pat on the shoulder. The second one is verbal affirmation. Children want to hear their dad say, I'm proud of you. Well done. I love you. Third is this, attach value to them. Value to them. In other words, let them know that they're valuable to you. That other than their mom, they are the most important people in the world to you. And one great way to attach value is to spend time with them. Fourth, picture a positive future for them. What do we mean by that? Say things like, you know what, I see how you love animals. You'd make a great vet someday. Or, you know, you're really good with people. You'd make a great salesperson. You want to be a firefighter? That is so noble. You want to help people and save their lives? Way to go. Hey, you're really good with kids. Have you ever considered being a teacher? The way you love church, the way you serve at church, man, you're going to be a great leader in the church someday. Finally, one other practical way, he calls active commitment. So this blessing is not just speaking words, but it's a willingness to pray for your children, to help them develop their gifts or talents, their passions. You know, do things like take them on vacation, devote time to them, teach them the how-tos of life. If your dad has done many of these things, some of these things, just a few of these things, let him know that. Let him know that you appreciate him. If he hasn't, still find something to be thankful for and tell him. Even if he doesn't show it, it'll be mean more to him than you'll ever know. Fathers have a challenge. Let's make it easier on them rather than harder. Forgive them, thank them, support them, appreciate them. Wives, you can do the same with your husband. Make it easier for your husbands to be fathers. As we mentioned, dads aren't always good at expressing how they feel. And I, I don't know exactly why all that is, but sometimes it's hard for us men to do that. But it's probably worth saying, and you need to know, that most dads would give up their lives in a heartbeat for their kids. So don't focus on what you think they ought to be doing. Extend some grace and appreciate what they are doing. Let's pray. 
Father, I thank you for the dads who are here this morning. My prayer is that you will encourage them. My prayer is that you will give them strength and courage and wisdom and everything they need to be good dads to their kids. And Father, for the rest of us too, my prayer is that we'll just we'll help our dads, that we'll be supportive, we'll be appreciative, that we'll encourage them. And none of us dads are perfect, and I'm sure many of us as dads wish we had a do-over. So my prayer is that uh, we could just forgive our dads, realizing we're not perfect either. God is our uh, Father in heaven. Even if our relationship with our dad isn't what we wanted it to be, we know that you long for and desire to have a relationship with us as your children. And I just thank you for that, and thank you that you want to step in and be a father to us. Thank you that uh, you paid the ultimate sacrifice by giving your son Jesus so that our sins could be forgiven. And it's in his name I pray. Amen.